0: Okay, here we go. October the 1st, 2017, lecture discussion number 298 on the book of Romans. And uh, we shall be continuing along in Judges 13 through 16, chapters 13 through 16 again today. Uh, by continuing along, I mean going backwards and sideways, uh, such as the challenge of Samson. And last week, we made our traditional list. There it is, sort of, in really small print. I hope you can blow it up for those folks on the Internet. But it's a big list, and that's barely a third of it. But we made the traditional list with Samson. We we would need another half-dozen Holy platinum-modeled reversible dry erase boards. I'd have them spread out all over the place. And that's not in our budget, but that's Samson. The point is, yay, a point that the material in Judges 13 through 16 is a combination of multifold and enigmatic. It's piles of mysteries, piled upon piles of mysteries. It's extremely difficult. All of that to say, we will not finish or resolve Samson. And that's consistent here at beautiful downtown Cliffside we have no expectation of getting to the end of the endless word of god though uh, occasionally i appear to suggest otherwise and over the years of my so-called career this has caused much angst and frustration amongst the congregants that have been before me both analog and digital but it should not we uh, have been ordered we have been commanded by Christ to search the scripture how big's that task how good are you going to do how far are you going to get did god know that's blasphemy right the very question is blasphemy did god know blasphemy that we were directed to survey that which has an infinite depth of course he did. God knows. Why then the assignment? Who among us would attempt to collect the countless pieces? How big a basket you need? How big a table, if you want to make it a puzzle, do you need? How many pieces are is the puzzle? Why who's going to do this? Who's going to try to put this incredible project together and I I like to think of it as a puzzle because it's all interconnected who would obey this direct order from Christ himself that John that's John 539 that's where the order is What is proven by the task? What type of person spends his lifetime studying the Word of God all the while with the realization that it is well beyond his capability to complete even one small part of it, much less the whole? Men have spent their whole lives on five or six passages. So have women. Obviously, those previous five questions that I just asked demonstrate the the purpose Ours is not to be petulant because of the great difficulty of the undertaking. Ours is to stand still and see, or if you will, stand still and find the salvation of the Lord. That's our job. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall shut up. That's what he says. Exodus fourteen, thirteen through fourteen. Does it actually say shut up? I propose that it does. You decide. Anyway, sometimes when we confront these kinds of significant problems and correctly determining the meanings, by that I mean Samson. Samson is a huge problem. We're not going to, again, let me repeat, you're not going to be satisfied. We're going to end. I have to end. How, How do I know that? It's 298. How many more do I have to go? Two more. People don't believe me, but I'm trying to get to 300 and go someplace else. We're not going to finish it. And knowing that we're not going to finish it and we can't finish it, it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing, uh, this story, just as all of the Bible is. Knowing that, it's advisable then to read the ending of the account, flip to the back, we need to read the ending before we come to a cemented conclusion see it would be advised to reconcile our premises with the ending if you have a if you have a description of Samson that does not comport does not uh, reconcile with the ending of Samson then you are in a little bit of difficulty i think theologically as well as intellectually as all of you know the ending of Samson is of course where that's right you're absolutely right. It's Hebrews 11:32. You all got that right. Look at you. That's the ending of Samson. If you think the ending of Samson is at the pillar, throwing the pillars of the temples down, or the temple down, that would be ill-advised. Oops, picked out the wrong. I had two choices. I got the red one. Hebrews. Eleven thirty two. Actually, it's more than just that. Let's go ahead and read that. It's thirty through forty. Let me put that on there, I guess it'd be more. Look at that. I have two choices. Both of them are in the same bucket. Anything can happen here. It can be red or black. Let's go to Hebrews eleven, thirty through forty, because again, this is the ending of the story of Samson. And so you need to know that. If you do, then you'll be able, to, I think, to decipher some of the aspects of it. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me. Time will fail me. This is written by Paul. To Hebrews outside of Jerusalem who are considering going back to Jerusalem where they will die. And he's going to stop them from that. That's his primary purpose. Some people don't think Paul wrote Hebrews. I think it's obvious uh, by not just the context, but the ending. And what more shall I say? For, the t- for time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak. And Samson, and Jephthah, also of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies of of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection." See, you got multiple resurrections, don't you? You got a better. If you have a better, what else you got? You got a worse. That's interesting, isn't it? Still others had trial of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these having obtained a good testimony, a good testimony and a better resurrection than who? I'll give you one person they've got a better testimony of and a better resurrection than me.
1: I didn't do any of that.
0: And I'm not hoping to be sawn in two either. I'm trying to get out of it. And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. That's, uh, we'll have to cover that next week, but don't think it's something like about salvation. It's not God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Okay? Look at those names. Rahab, Gideon, Barak. Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. I won't write them on the board. Take too much time. That's quite the list. Okay, I'll do it. I have to. Rahab, Gideon. Notice I'm going to tell you that they're in pairs, Barak and Samson. Right, did I miss somebody in there? Double check myself. Jephthah, David. Oh, yeah, I have seven. Let me do it this way. Rahab's going to be by herself. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. Remember, I started the Samson series telling you, you can figure out Jephthah and what happened to his daughter, who was not murdered by her father as a child sacrifice, my gosh. You can figure out Jephthah by studying Samson. Both of them are, this is a dedicated man. He's a Nazarite. Jephthah's daughter also dedicated as a woman. She could have been a Nazarite as well. And, of course, David, sin. Those are... That's the list. Again, not chronological. Jephthah came before Samson. Barak came before Gideon. Samuel came before David. Did you notice time would fail Paul? He would not have enough time to tell of these that are written into the list of the faithful. These are the ones that God selects out and puts into the book of Hebrews. Why are these seven selected? Why are these the honor? See, you can make the case, I think, that Deborah was more deserving than a Barack. Would you be right? Apparently not. Deborah is not on the list, but Barack is. For today, just notice that Samson is on the list. Samson is on the list. Did I say that enough? Samson on the list of a man of great faith. Jephthah is on the list, honored by God. Do you think Jephthah would be on the list if he sacrificed his daughter? Jephthah did not kill his daughter. I should not need to repeat it, but I keep doing so because I know I have to. Okay, so we got the story. The true, literal, accurate record of Samson, it ends with him being alongside of Jephthah. Two men of faith. Great faith, described so by God. And I would submit that this fact is essential to a proper understanding or analysis of Samson. So when you start thinking about what Samson doing, realize he made that list. So how did he do? Final grade. Pretty strong. Also note that uh paul did not have enough time to explain samson what does that mean to you yes you lower your expectations for me paul can't do it i'm not paul that's pretty obvious and so uh, uh that's just a quick example of the size of the endeavor Samson at Judges 16:28 calls out to God to remember him as his death nears. He says, "Remember me." He knows something, doesn't he? He knows that God is the great rememberer, rememberer, and that, of course, gives him this connectivity, this linkage to the thief on the Christ thief on the cross, who likewise cries out to God, "Remember me." Christ is the answerer of that and the rememberer himself. And Christ tells Israel to remember Lot's wife. So now I have the three of them put together with remembrance. Put those three together and figure it all out. Pack a lunch. Many commentators consider Samson a complete, total failure of a human being. He's on the list. And therefore, the lesson is a warning To not be like Samson. They do the same thing for Lot's wife. Christ himself says, remember her to Israel as they're in the tribulational period. God does not share the view that either of those are failures or a warning. Obviously, uh, Christ remembers both. And identifies it. Just a couple other examples that are the mystery of Samson. But that's the ending. So keep your ending in place. And as you form your hypothesis, as you begin to put this picture of Samson together for yourself, as you are the theologian here, I am just simply the facilitator of the questions. You're the one that has to answer them. Me answering the questions all the time is not of much value. You won't remember. So, but as you're beginning to... To think about Samson and read the story of Samson, the true, actual, literal account. Note this ending of it, another ending of it, if you will. Samson's brothers come for his body. He has collapsed the temple. He's killed thousands of people. And his brothers come to get the body. And they bury him between Zorah and Eshta'al. And we'll cover this in a minute because we're going to read the text. Now... That tells you to go to Judges 18.2 and Judges 13.25, where five men of valor come. Zorah was Samson's place of birth. The place of his burial was where he was blessed by God, where the Spirit of the Lord moved upon Samson. He, his burial is tremendous. Now, I ask the question, would his burial have been tremendous had he not collapse the temple, and kill those people. I'm telling you, absolutely, it would have been. That is just one part of Samson's journey. And I submit that this burial of Samson is indicative indicative of the great honor that God bestows on Samson in Hebrews 11.32. Let's throw another one out there for you. He judges Israel for 20 years. It says that in Judges 16.31. That's the very last uh, applicational verse to Samson in the Old Testament. Not the end. This is the end. But it says he judges Israel for 20 years. In Judges 15.20, it says he judges Israel for 20 years. Why are those two explanations there? Why is it repeated? Back to the brothers. How did the brothers recover Samson's body? He's, he's buried under debris and dead Philist, uh, Philistines, and the richest Philistines in that particular place. How did they get his body? Did they have a backhoe? How long did it take to get his body? Why didn't the Philistines kill them when they came to get the body? Here's another. Did the young lad that puts him between the pillars, did the young lad die in the Philistine temple? What's your position? All of you who vote yes can move to this side of the auditorium of the nose over here. We'll have this barrier between you. If by chance I get husband and wives on opposite ends, that's my goal. As you know, one of my great achievements in my so-called career Did the young lad die in the Philistine temple? Go ahead and not raise your hands. How many of you think he did? Good. No one thought he did. I think it's obvious he did not die in the temple. Obviously, we will only achieve a shallow, cursory exposition of Genesis 13 through 16. There's just too much here. We'll never make it. Okay, Knowing that this is always the case, that time is going to fail us, and it's specifically identified that time is going to fail Paul, of all people, with this regard. It's, it's foremost and important that we understand that it is the recognition of the authorship of Scripture. You are, you are looking at God's words. How much information are you staring at? Just basic information theory. Okay, so let's complete the reading of Judges chapter 15. Uh, doing so will perpetuate the illusion that I'm moving forward in this study, which, as you know, is never the case. Nonetheless, I continue the method for the sake of appearances. As we know, perception is reality, though it shouldn't be. Okay, so here we are, Judges 15. I'm going to back up to 6 again because that is extraordinarily valuable. And then we'll go to 20. It'll take a while, but this is very important. I'm going to emphasize some words this time and see if they can, they can cause you to go, oh my goodness, there's something I got to deal with. Then the Philistine says, said, so let me explain. In the first five verses, Samson burns Philistine. He just makes an absolute mess. We'll cover that in a minute. And he did it with fire. And the Philistines said, and he did it as a response to uh, the threat to kill his wife. We'll get to that as well. But for now, just this. Then the Philistines said, who has done this? And they answered. Okay, what's the first question? Who did the Philistines ask? And who's answering them? Who's the they? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite. Notice how Samson's described. Because he has taken his wife. Who took Samson's wife? Who's the he in that sentence? And given her to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. All of that fits logically. Samson said to them, what's the question? Who's the them? Because you would do this... I will surely take revenge on you. After after that, I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock of Atom. Now the Philistines went up. So they're going up. Samson went down. They're going up. And so the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, We have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft rock of Edom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this that you have done to us? And he said, As they did to me, so have I done to them. He absolutely repeats exactly what they said. The Philistine. We will do to him what he did to us, as they did to me, so I have done to them. So now we see an see. Equival- equival- I have congruency. Samson says, you have done exactly to me what I have done to you. What did he do to them? Burned them. How did the taking of his wife, how does that equal destroying The the entirety of their food supply. Again, I'll cover that in a second. But they said to him, we have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. So I have this deliver going on. Then Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not kill me yourself. That makes no sense. Hope you saw that. So they spoke to him saying, no... We won't. We won't kill you, they said, essentially. So No, but we will tie you securely. That makes no sense. And deliver you into their hand, but we will surely not kill you, which makes no sense. They're saying things that are senseless, or seemingly so, but they can't be. And they bound him with two new ropes. What, they had no old ropes? Where did they get the new ropes? Costco? Home Depot? What is it with new ropes? You're going to spend a lot of time just figuring out why it's new ropes. We're not going to be able to do it. We don't have time. Time will fail us. And brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax. Did anybody know this was going to happen? So I have a guy tied up with a new rope. And all these people see him tied up with a new rope. And what do they do? They attack. How'd that go? Well, let's read. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. There we have that burning fire thing again. We've got a lot of burning fire going on here. You think all the burning fire is related to the previous burning fire? Is all a bunch of burning fire. Yes, the answer is yes. And his bonds broke loose from his hands, and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. (sighs) That makes no sense. How fresh is fresh? Oh, look, a fresh jawbone of a donkey happens to be there. How to get there? Reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, this ultimately is a song. With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. I've been waiting my whole life for somebody to put that to music. And I have a couple of musicians get on this song. Huh? Of course she could why hasn't she done it well i'm asking i think a, a, a you know a blues progression twelve bar blues would be exactly what we'd want here maybe a minor blues put it in a minor so i can play it on the banjo if you don't mind when i say play that's a relative term as you know <coughs> excuse me let the record show that my favorite niece is here and it's not even close it's not close. You get all the inheritance of all the nieces and nephews. Again, relative term. <laughs> After the children pick over the bones of the dead father. And so it was, when he had finished speaking, that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called the place Ramath-Lehi. And then he became very thirsty. He's thirsty. Duh. Did he say, I thirst? Probably did. So he cried out to the Lord. Do you think he cried out, I thirst? You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant and now I shall die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Well, if he's dead, why is that a problem? Doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense in this story. Actually, everything makes perfect sense. And that's what we have to do. We have to know the ending. There's the ending. So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out, and he drank. Does that remind you of Moses? I hope it does. And he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore, he called its name uh, on Hakor which is in Lehi to this day, and he judged Israel 20 years in the day of the Philistines, the second time that that is said. Okay, I backed up to Judges 15.6 to remind everyone that the bride of Samson and her father, him and his household, were burned to death. They were not stoned, not slain by the sword, not hung. They are burned. And the bride of Samson was not burned for Samson's riddle. She was threatened to be burned for the riddle, but he saved her and she was not burned by the riddle. But she was burned because Samson laid waste to the Philistine wheat harvest, their vineyards, and their olive groves. And he did it. Why? Because the father of his wife, of his bride, of his betrothed, gave her to supposedly the best man. Samson destroys the Philistine agricultural base. The wealth destroys it all because the father of the bride voided the marriage contract. And he says that is an act of profound evil. That is a wicked thing. And the response that I must do is blow up, destroy, burn everything that the Philistines have to eat. And and what's that going to do? If I destroy the food supply, let's just be uh, arbitrary. I destroy the food supply of, say, China. What do they do? What do they have to do immediately, militarily? They have no choice. They have to invade somebody with a food supply, right? Or starve. Now, again, there's five cities here. We talked about it. This is one of the five cities. So there's four other cities. But Samson saw this as exactly quid pro quo, exactly equal. Destroying their food supply is equal to taking my bride, my wife, and giving her to this other man who had already threatened to burn her alive. The 30 Philistine companions and this man who was given the, the, the bride, wasn't given the bride because he wanted to marry her. Gosh, please get that out of your head. Or that he even liked her. He, he wants to kill her. That's what he wants to do. So the father gave the, the wife of Samson to someone who threatened to kill her, burn her, over the riddle hard saying. Both the household and the, the uh, and the wife or the bride. And adding to that, the father attempts to substitute the younger sister... To Samson on the basis that she's better than the other, than the older. He says to her, I really thought you thoroughly hated her. That's what the father says to Samson. He did not think that. That's a lie. Therefore, I gave her to your companion who wants to kill her. Is not her younger sister better than she? Please take her instead. No. The answer is no. I hope you recognize all of that is complete garbage. Samson does not seem to blame the father though. Because the obvious question becomes, when the father is doing this, why doesn't Samson just tear the father to pieces? He doesn't. doesn't kill the father. He doesn't kill the leader of the 30 companions that have his wife. Just like before, Samson instead inflicts starvation upon the Philistines in the Ascalon vicinity. He decimates their food supply. All of it. Once again, a Samson assigns the origin of this action onto this ruling city that's 25 miles away. And as you know, before, when utilizing the riddle as a vehicle to save the bride, he killed 30 wealthy priests that were 25 miles away. He didn't kill the people that took the bride, or threatened the bride, or have the bride. He doesn't attack the father. He keeps going after this ruling city. Because that tells us something very valuable here. It tells us that that ruling city is, pulling the, is, is, is the operational center of all of this. Remember, he killed 30 wealthy priests of Ascalon and stripped them of their garments and brought the bloody garments back and dumped them in front of the 30 companions. And they understood what he was doing and the condition now that they are in. They are in a very difficult condition. And that was his dark saying. Let me say it this way. The logical terminus of his dark saying was the slaughter of the 30 priests of Ascalon. And by doing that, he saved his wife's life. And he knew that the minute he saw these 30 guys show up. This is who the father hired. Remember that? He hired 30 people who came Uh, 30 men who came to attack Samson, and Samson immediately knew that he was in danger, his family was in danger, and his bride or his wife was in danger. And so he comes up with a riddle. The sole purpose of it was to save as many people as he could. Yes, go. Listen, I do. I, I tell you why. There are two positions, and, and there's positions all over the, theologies or in the scholars and the commentaries. There's the diminished Adam position. I do not have the d- diminished Adam position because Adam is called a type of Christ. He is honored in scripture. He was the first human being created. He was the federal head of all humanity. He was not deceived by Satan or by Eve or by anybody. So I, I present him as a, as what he is, what, how the Bible describes him. But he's diminished, Lot's wife is diminished, Samson is diminished, and I think Jacob is diminished. Nowhere in the Bible does God ever assign, Rebecca is diminished. God never diminishes them. He does the opposite. I think you should have a position that is consistent with God's opinion. I know that's a novel approach. Who is the most diminished figure in all of scripture? Done every single day, all the time, in every church, all over the place, relentlessly. And that's Christ himself. So, of course, the types of Christ will be diminished. Ah, Where was I? That was a great question. Somewhere in here, I addressed that. But I threw it in now, and when I come to it, I'll repeat it word for word. Because I am diminished. Thank you for laughing. (coughs) Okay. Where was I? He saved the bride with the riddle. That was his intent from the beginning. As soon as he saw the 30 men come, as soon as he saw the leading companion, the man assigned to be the best man, he knew His bride was in danger of being executed, and he creates this riddle for them. He takes something that he knows is profound, because he recognized it as profound, and he puts it in front of them. It's an unsolvable, unknowable riddle. He doesn't do it with the the thought process that he will prevail. He does it knowing that his bride will eventually give them the information after seven days. He wants the seven days. He has every intention of killing those priests in Ashkelon as- and taking their garments. That's why the garment bet uh, bed was made in the first place. So as long as you have that, I know that's really repeating last week, but I, I-, I feel the need to keep doing it just in case somebody grabs this without knowing the context that we have been in recently. Okay, the father now of the wife of Samson, on the basis that Samson only hated the bride. And that can't be true. The father witnessed Samson saving the bride. And he witnessed the means by which Samson did it. A Jew saved a Philistine woman. The father knew that he didn't hate her. He knows the opposite. Samson is trying to consummate the marriage. He, said, he says to him, uh, that I thought you only hated the bride. On the basis that he only hated the bride, which is, again, contradictory to the actions of Samson, he places the daughter, the father places the daughter in another hostile position. He hands her over to the one who will kill her, who wanted to kill her, and who will ultimately kill her. It's like giving your daughter to Hannibal Lecter. To use a modern analogy. So why does he do that? Isn't it obvious that Samson is the one that can save his daughter? He's already done it. Samson, not only to save the daughter, but save the father, and save the household of the father, save the younger sister. If I'm the younger sister, I'm going I want this guy. But he does it. The father doesn't do that. He does not give the daughter, the older daughter to Samson. He instead gives it gives the daughter to a to an evil man who intends to kill her. And Samson can easily provide safety for both the bride and the father's household. Who gives his daughter to someone who has threatened to kill her with death by fire? It doesn't make obvious sense. But it does make sense. So start thinking about it. What's the motive of the father here? He's got a plan. He's thought it through. These are not idiots. If You go through this thinking these are simple people. Uh, quit projecting yourself on them. They're not that way. Samson responds to this situation with total war. You put my bride in jeopardy after I saved her, and now we're going to war, and it is total war. Why is this the appropriate counter? Again, why not just kill the 30 guys, kill the, the lead guy, and kill the father, take the bride and go back? He doesn't. Instead, he, he commits to total, absolute war on the Philistines. Does Samson realize his bride is in a worse position than she was previously when he saved her? Oh, yes, he does. This is much more difficult. Can Samson save her? He thinks he can. Is he attempting to save her? Absolutely, that's what he's doing. He is a type of Christ. The father of the bride is content to allow his older daughter to die. That's why he gave her away. He knows that's a death sentence when he does it. Please take your younger sister. Take the younger sister, he says to Samson. Why does he do that? That's the same as walk away from this, let it go, do nothing, except the breaking of the marriage contract, accept the, the death of your wife, is not the younger sister better than she, he says. And that's two lies. I now have two lies. First lie, I really thought you only hated her. That's a lie, obvious lie. Samson did not fall for that. He didn't think that, the father did not. Again, the evidence that the Nazarene loved his bride was overwhelming. Notice how I said that. The evidence that the Nazarene, the Nazarite, Samson, loved his bride was overwhelming. The Nazarene would have given his life for the bride. Because that's what he would. Look at the odds this guy faces. It seems like a suicide mission. turned out not to be the case. Lie number two, the younger sister is better than the older. No, that's not true. Why isn't it true? Ask a couple of questions. How young is younger? Why didn't the father flee when he had the chance? Because Samson... As or kills those 30 priests, he completely stops the situation. Previously, there's a chance to get away. It appears that Samson's father and mother seem to escape, but not the father of the bride. He chooses the opposite. Not only does he stay, but he resets the situation, doesn't he? And I believe this holding of the bride by the best man is a tactic. Best man, in quotation. Something conceived and implemented by the best man and the bride's father. Did they anticipate, now listen to this, did they anticipate that Samson would return for the bride? Now, this is particularly applicable today. Did they think there would be a return of Samson for the bride? Let's go through it. Notice how I phrased it. I hope that's so plain that you just go, please don't do this, because I already got it. It's just insulting now. But I have to insult people. It's my job. Samson takes a bride. She's Jewish? She's a Gentile bride. There's a betrothal ceremony. A betrothal system starts. Samson saves the bride. The bride's saved. Samson leaves the bride, and she is forced to wait for him. Samson goes to his father's house, his actual father. It says so. Goes to his father's house. So let me repeat that. Samson takes the bride. Samson saves the bride. Samson leaves the bride. And Samson goes to his father's house. Judges 14, 19. And he went back up to his father's house, it says. Samson not only went to his father's house, but he went up to his father's house. Does it get more obvious? Samson ascended to his father's house. Next, Samson returns for his bride and he brings a goat. But the father a Gentile bride has given the bride not to the bridegroom, but instead to the best man. Not the bridegroom. Instead, to a counterfeit, an usurper, one who accepts the bride without legal authority, one who demands the bride be given to him without consent of the bride, possession by force. So I have an imposter bridegroom. Both the father and the imposter know this. They know that this is coerced. They know it is wicked. They know Samson will return for his bride, but they don't know when. Yay! Yay, crazy Becky. People have come from all over the world just to meet crazy Becky, haven't they? That's true, isn't it? That is a true statement. It's all relative terms, including crazy. (laughs) Yes, you're holding your hands up, telling me, see what she does? It's very disrespectful. I want you to know. Yeah, they all looked. Now, of course, she's pretending she's innocent. She's really smart, that woman back there. (laughs) Okay, I'll hurry because of you. Oh, she pretended to say no. (sighs) Samson places responsibility for this scheme not on the father and the best man, but on Ashkelon. This time they have placed all of the Philistines into the line of fire, literally as well as allegorically. And all he's going after the entire Philistine city in this proximity of where this all happens. Notice Judges fifteen six again. Samson is identified as the burner of the Philistine food supply. And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Temnite, because he has taken his wife. Who took the wife? And has given her to his companion. Who did that? Somebody took the wife of Samson. Notice how he's identified. He's identified as the son-in-law, and, he's, and the woman is identified as the wife. That's important because I've been doing something a little bit mischievous. Get to that in a minute. Samson is the son-in-law. What does that mean? They're married. And Samson is identified as the burner of the Philistine food supply. How did they know this? What did he walk in? Hey, I'm Samson. No, he sent. He sent animals. He collected mostly jackals. People believe that the word is jackals. I won't argue that. It says foxes. I still like foxes anyway. Um, but the point being is that he uses animals to burn that food supply. Obviously, he does it uh, overtly or covertly. Sorry, he's not overt. How did they know it was Samson They did it? Who knows that Samson did it? Everybody in the story, of all the people you can think of in the story, how many Philistines do I got? I got thousands and thousands of them. How many uh, companions I got? I got 30. How many best men do I got? I got one of the 30. I got the father. I got the younger daughter. I got the household. I got the father and mother Samson. And I got Samson. Who knew that Samson burned it? Well, Samson, did he go down and say, hey, it was me? anybody seem do it? Do you think he did it in the daytime? Who else knew Samson did? Who told the Philistines? Who said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. So the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. What Philistines came up to do that? What's in Ashkelon? Priesthood. It's 30 less than there was recently. But I still got a whole bunch of them down there. And they're really good at burning people. They know how to burn people, especially women and children. It's what they do. How did they know it was Samson? Where is the evidence? There's only very few. Okay, one source. The father of the bride has to do this. Why didn't Samson attack the 30 companions and seize his bride from the fake bridegroom? You gotta answer that. Why does Samson first punish the city of Ascalon and then do it again? You gotta answer that. Also notice how Samson is identified, son-in-law, his wife taken from him. Those are all very important pieces here. Upon learning it was Samson, the Philistine army came up and burned the wife and her father. Not the entire army, but a, uh, a significant force. Why did they do it? Not hanging, not beheading, not stoning, this burning. Clearly, it's a priesthood act. And the Nazarene, the Nazarite, Samson, exacts vengeance. Vengeance is his, says the Nazarite. He slaughters this entire Philistine force that has come up to attack him. It's a great slaughter. I'm going to tell you, now is when he kills the companion and the thirty. Men. This is where he kills the best man. And I'm going to say to you that the companion is the very first one he killed. And the way he does it is unbelievable. This is a massive force. Judges fifteen seven. Samson said to them, Because you have done this, yet will I be avenged of you. Because you have done this. Again, back to Genesis three, where we we have where we have God saying those words to Satan. Yet will I be avenged of you? Note you. Immediately the most obvious of the obvious questions fly out from the page. To whom did Samson say this? Samson said to them, because you would do this thing, I will surely be avenged on you. And after that, I will cease. So Samson's going to do a great slaughter and then he will stop. He will end the wickedness of the wicked ones and then he will stop. Who's, when did he say this, what he says? I'm going to take revenge. I'm going to take vengeance upon you. When did he say that? How did he say it? Where did he say it? To whom, when, how, and where? Try to conceive the event. Form the actual scenario. Let me ask it this way. Did Samson, was he on his way to the, to save his wife when she is burned? Did Samson come to the burning of his bride during, before, or after? Before, during, or after? Let's try to get the time right. I'm proposing that Samson would have deduced from the beginning the imminent peril of his wife. And as with his hard saying, his riddle, Samson would attempt to save her. Therefore, I am saying to you, the burning of the wheat harvest and the olives and all of the food supply, the vineyards, that's also done to save his captured wife. And, or, and put it the other way. The riddle... Equals the foxes. They both have the same purpose. Again, notice Judges 15:3. And Samson said to them, Who is the them? In that sentence, obviously the father of Samson's wife is one of the them. Who is the other of the them? Who are the others of the them? The younger sister, perhaps, but I submit that Judges 15.3 connects directly to Judges 15.7. I will take revenge on you. Is that plural or singular? We can figure that out. Yes, so he has taken his wife. Who's the he? Anyway, back to the wind. Samson was not ultimately able to save his wife. She was burned to death. So construct the timeline. Samson returns for the wife. He discovers the father has given Samson's wife, his father-in-law has given his wife to the very one who intends to burn her to death. And obviously the father has done this to avoid his own death by burning. But it's clearly also an act of great evil. He could have chosen Samson. He did not. He chose the Philistine priests of Asphaloth and he sacrificed his daughter. Samson quickly untangles and deduces the implication of the situation and launches his response. Destroys that city's food system. Remember from last Sundays and the previous Sundays, I continue to attach Samson to Christ, but I do it by going through Genesis 3, which is Adam. So Samson through Adam to Christ. I've also, by design, have blended, intermingled, if you wish, the wife and the bride. I've done that on purpose. You hear me say bride, you hear me say wife. Done it on purpose. It's perfectly acceptable to substitute one of the words for the other. It's perfectly to do that note however that the consummation had yet to occur that's the reason for the young goat with that said which is the more accurate term wife or bride what does the bible call her or if you prefer if you don't like wife or bride go this way wife or i'm sorry wife or church or israel or church anyway as adam was not deceived It's obvious that Samson is not deceived here. Samson was able to pierce through to the critical conditions. Samson did not hesitate. He instantly knew what was what was at stake and he acted with urgency. Twice he's done this now. First with the riddle, now with the burning. He's got to burn now. If he doesn't, his wife is dead and he knows it. He can't wait. Same thing with the riddle. As soon as he sees those 30 guys show up, I've got to give them a riddle. Or she's dead. Twice she's done this. Now he acted with great urgency. Okay, let's throw in some other things as we wind this down for today, because I've gotten the magic fingers. Notice I said, never mind. Fortunately that won't be on the internet. <laughs> that is a banjo song by Bella Fleck in the Fleck Tones. It's just just saying. One of the great blues tunes ever written for banjo. Can I play it? No. Well, I can play it slowly. Let's throw in some other things and then we'll shut her down. I am aware just how much stuff has accumulated that's got to be addressed and I even wrote it here. Clean up the past five weeks. I'll try that next week. Can I do it? No. See the disclaimer at the beginning. A lot of stuff has been accumulated. That's a normalcy here at beautiful downtown cliffside. It's not beautiful. It's not downtown. It's not anywhere near a cliff. Samson ruthlessly, without mercy, massacres those who burned Israel, Jerusalem, or his wife. He does this by hand. Back to the lion you go. A lion came out. Samson took the lion. How much does a lion weigh? It's a male. It's young. We'll We'll be conservative. 500 pounds. He tore the lion apart as easily, without effort, ripped it to pieces. Threw it into a heap. That's how powerful this little tiny Jewish man is. He massacres those that burned his wife, and he does the same thing. He does it by hand. He had no weapon. That's what the language means. Hip and thigh. It's wrestling. He grabs them, tears them apart. How would you like to be the second guy? He does this to a thousand men. Easy. That whole force. I don't know for sure how many. Some have tried to estimate. But it's a lot of men. And then he goes down. After he does this, he goes down to a cave and he waits. What's he waiting for? His wife is dead. How long did it take him to tear that many men apart? He's got to run them down. How many are hanging around after the first 40, 50 go down? I I'm, I'm, I just think about it. if I'm in, the reason they don't draft people like me, besides the fact that I can't walk 20 feet, uh, is that it, if they said, Private chronister, we would like, like you to uh, to take that hill, I would go, use the phone, call the Air Force. I don't want the hill. The hill has no meaning to me. I would rather stay here and watch somebody else blow it to pieces. Well, it's a strategic advantage. So is blowing it to pieces. In other words, I would be resistant. I can imagine me in this situation. I'm watching this guy tear people apart effortlessly. Just rip them to shreds without any energy at all. What does that remind you of? Where else in the Bible does a Nazarite destroy people without effort? Reduces them to blood. Poof. But he goes down and now he waits in a cave. And eventually the army of the Philistines comes for this one man. i got one man and a massive army. Where's that in the Bible? This one man is arrested and bound and delivered to the Philistines. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Where else in the Bible does a bunch of idiots bind somebody of this kind of power? And the power that they bind in the New Testament, of course, is omnipotence. Let's put chains around omnipotence and see what happens. But I have a man, Samson, arrested and bound and delivered to a Philistine army. By who? Jews, Israelites, they bind Samson, and their great idea is new ropes. Samson is delivered to the Gentiles by the Jews. Keep in mind, this is a man who can tear lions apart with his bare hands and has just torn apart Philistine soldiers. Does anybody know this? Yes, they know it. He doesn't need a weapon. And they use new ropes. That's their plan. Use new, new ropes. This is crazy. What are they thinking? Samson makes the nation of Israel vow that they will not kill him. Can they kill him? No. He tears lions apart and and an entire army barehanded. They're not going to kill him. They're not going to bind him with any ropes. What's the point? Obviously, there's a great theological truth here. He wants them to say, no, we won't kill you. I wish they had said, no, we can't kill you. What, are we crazy? So, what is this? See, previously discussed Dead Lion and Soldiers Ripped to Pieces. I can't say it enough. Who can kill this man? Nobody. He has to do what? And he does it ultimately. What does he have to do? No one can kill him. He has to give up his own life. And he does. And here we're going to, and again, he says, I thirst. And he gives up his own life. And he is on the list of the great men of God, men of great faith. Because he is a type of Christ who tries to save people. That's what he does. Now we have this Delilah thing. We'll get to that.